Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. This is the podcast that gets people waffling about their mental health, coping mechanisms, life's minor inconveniences, and the music that soundtracks it all. So join me as I open up shop and have a waffle. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. The podcast all about getting people waffling about their mental health, coping mechanisms, and the music that has soundtracked their journey. So join me as we open up shop and have a waffle. Welcome to a very special episode of the Waffle Shop Podcast. It's my first birthday episode, and obviously I needed to celebrate and I couldn't think of anyone better to celebrate my first birthday with than the legendary party starter that is Felix from Basement Jacks. Welcome to the Waffle Shop. Happy birthday. <laughs> Congratulations for one fruitful and prosperous year. So uh, no, thanks for having me. Good to be here. It is an absolute pleasure. Like I know I've been fangirling quite a lot. And I'm struggling to even look you in the eye on this Zoom call. So Just, uh, uh, they do that in psychological exercises. They make <laughs> you kind of stare into the eyes until, yeah, until Not around you the see eyes, through, into the eyes, <laughs> into the eyes, through the layers of who we are as people, get deeper and deeper. So I'm, I'm staring at you now. I'm ready. <laughs> oh my God, no, no pressure. <laughs> Honestly, though, it does mean a lot because I've followed your kind of career from very early on music is a massive coping mechanism for me and I love what you guys stand for you know even like your outlook you know pushing this real positive message you know whether it's you know peace or even like mindset so this is kind of what the waffle shop stands for so you are literally the perfect guest (laughs) for this Mm. but I want to take it back a little bit because I'm a little bit of a music nerd. Like Mm -hmm. what inspired you to start this whole kind of, because it was a bit of a movement. Like there is no one out there really doing what, you know, you or, you know, Basement Jacks does. So how how did that all start? 
Uh, well, I mean, I was, as a kid, um, my dad saw, he, he said he noticed when I was about four or five that I was whistling Mozart, Heine Klein and oh, that wow. music. So, and I was whistling the whole thing and, and he, and my dad always says this because uh, I'm saying this about my dad because my dad's in the hospital at the moment. So, uh, oh. so I'm, I'm sending love and good vibes to dad. Oh, definitely. Uh, but uh, yeah, so he said to my mum, it seemed like my brain was like a tape recorder, which is funny because I've got an appalling <laughs> memory, but I am quite good at remembering bits of music. So that was probably the start. And then uh, growing up, I moved, uh, I was born in Leicester, um, oh wow! The Royal Infirmary there, and it's actually um, not that far away from me. Well, I'm in Coventry, yeah, exactly. so it's, it's quite it is quite far, but <laughs> yeah, a, a Midlander anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of ni neither northern or southern. Uh, my dad was a vicar, so um, so I think wow. I was always very conscious of tribes and kind of where I belonged, and and yeah. maybe that's years later where I found a connection with house music coming from Chicago because that was very much about the music on the fringes of, of people. There was a gay scene were into it, kind of, I don't, I don't know, the, the ghetto, the hood. Yeah. It was kind of, I don't know, people that were finding it hard to belong. So maybe being a vicar's son, I felt different, a little bit different at school and had to, I didn't have all the computer games. We didn't really have yeah. money. So, um, but I was, I was fine and I was a happy kid. Um, and I feel very blessed to have kind of grown up in the countryside. We grew all our yeah. own vegetables and that kind of thing. Love that. Uh, so that was kind of my organic route into music and singing in the church choir every week, going to choir practice. Not that I always wanted to do it, but it was yeah. kind of expected. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then so music became something that was more and more of my hobby. I, I got to, I went to university in Exeter to study engineering because they said all the jobs in the future are going to be in technology. Yeah. And um and my first DJ gig there, um, it was a party called No More Bullshit. And um it was a charity party and, and someone asked me to play and I, I said, well I don't have any records or any yeah. music. <laughs> and they said, but you're really into music and really into dancing. And uh, so I, I went and borrowed, then it was vinyl and cassettes. So I played one vinyl, one cassette and one vinyl, and that was my first set. And uh, and the person I DJed with, uh, who played after me, was Tom York from Radiohead. So he, no he was a, I, he was the first person I met at uni, and um oh and my yeah, God. so what and story? he played the he played the indie music, and I was playing dance music because I was into that, and that, that was kind of the beginning of uh yeah my journey into music, and then um yeah and, wow. I moved to London, got a job, and then music was my hobby, basically. I wanted to go to London because all the clubs, everything that I heard about was happening there. And um, and yeah, and so there, basically, I went to all the clubs, uh, had a, a job wearing a suit uh, in a PR company. I got the job. I didn't know what PR <laughs> was. And they asked me in the interview, uh, how long have you been into PR? And I, I said, oh, ages. And I, I thought, I hope it. they Huge don't. Huge passion of mine. <laughs> yeah, but I, I didn't actually know what PR was and I got the job. <laughs> so, uh, so, but that was good. I was happy. I, I got, I could pay some rent and yeah. live away from home. And uh, yeah, and then I pursued music as a hobby. And um, 
couple of years later, I met Simon through some friends of friends. The, there were a couple of people who were into music that um, would try and get together and, and make a track. And I think maybe starting Basement Jacks, I realized that some of the records I was spending like 10 pounds to get a, a US import yeah. for one dub mix. That's what <laughs> you used to have to do. And um, and I, I thought maybe I could, yeah, some of them weren't that good. <laughs> so I, I thought maybe I could I do, do that. it. <laughs> and um, yeah, and so meeting Simon, um, he worked with another guy, Dylan Barnes, they did something called Helicopter and they had like a, a, a setup with a computer and and a sampler and all the, the things you need to make music and um so first of all i me with a friend hired them uh, as an engineer for a few hours to put some tracks together yeah and um yeah and after that experience i said to simon maybe it was a year later or something i said uh, i love this new york house stuff and I really want to make some, would you be up for doing a project? But I can't pay any money and I haven't <laughs> got any equipment or anything. And, uh, and yeah, and then we started making the, the first Basement Jack stuff in 94. Wow. And uh, sent- I'm proper like fangirling, like I'm literally <laughs> <laughs> taking this all in. And, and then at that point, um, I sent something off to record companies. Everyone said no. I, I knew one person who was in a, a who worked in a record company, he said, no, your music needs to be remixed. It's not happening. Yeah. And um, so I, I went and found like where I worked, I, I heard, I found there was a, a record distributor where they, they put all the stuff in the vans and they went out. So I thought I'd go there one lunchtime. I was there in my suit. I thought it's not a very dope kind of look to yeah. go in there. But, um, <laughs> I, I went into tie. this place uh, and um, I said, could you just listen to this cassette just for, five minutes of your time uh, the guy listened to it and I said would you release that music and he said yeah yeah it sounds good and uh, I said well I haven't got any money any way that you could press some records yeah <laughs> and um, and he said I mean he's quite a quirky guy his name's Mark Jones and um, and he said yeah all right <laughs> and um, <laughs> and he pressed a thousand copies and it's only years wow. later that he told me he'd never put records out before he never actually pressed them <laughs> they were just selling them and then he started Wall of Sound Records, and then he ended up um, managing Grace Jones and doing all sorts of oh stuff. Oh, my God. So, uh, wow. and that was our first EP. And then we used the money that we made from that to press the second EP, and that was, yeah, so that was like 94, 95. Do you know so what? I love stuff like this because it's, and it's something that genuinely really inspires me because it's like even hearing that, like, oh, no, it needs to be this. It's not kind of good enough. It needs to be remixed. You know, these kind of like knockbacks that sometimes can, you know, turn your career, like you can end the career there and then. And the fact that mm. you carried on and just got quite cheeky with it <laughs> and but, like but, what it led to, like you've, you've, you've got to do yeah. it. Yeah. And, and I think the idea of career or can I do it? Am I this person? I, I don't... I don't think any of that's necessary in life. I think really you just have to do what you're into. People yeah. might be with you or if you really love it, you carry on doing it. You know, it's kind of, yeah, I, I, I think I all these to notions. Hear that today. Of, really yeah. To I, hear I think that. the notions of like, I am this person, I am a plumber or whatever, <laughs> or I, it's nonsense. We can all yeah. do lots of things and it's where we put our energy and our intention 
And um, I mean, often like then I was doing a job to get money so I could live and pay the rent. And yeah. I was doing my hobby and, and it was a very pure hobby because it wasn't to do with my job. The moment something <laughs> your hobby becomes your job, then you've got to be careful because you've really got to try. And that's exactly where I'm at now. That That's yeah. really weird. Literally, because yeah. very the hobby that, you know, where my, my passion project is now turned into my career. So now yeah. I'm genuinely in a place where like I'm struggling to find a new hobby. So I've, I've just started buying boxes and boxes of Lego. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's something That's that I fine. genuinely love doing. Yeah. But yeah, no, this is really weird. Like, so this conversation was meant to happen today. I love that. <laughs> well, I, well, that's the question. Is everything meant to happen? And oh. I think part of it is, is up to us if we decide, because intention is incredibly powerful. And I think if you, if you think about music and what people like, a lot of it is they've decided they're going to like it or not like it. Yeah. That's what marketing is. It's just uh, that's people with the cauldron trying to whip up often a load of smoke which is a and the trick in life is is to look beyond the smoke yeah. of all this stuff and um always carry and if a you, fan to blow it away exactly <laughs> that's a good idea uh, and, and i think for you is to kind of really whatever when your hobby does become your job then you have to think in my heart of hearts am i being truthful to what i really think and believe and yeah. sometimes you have to say no to someone says there's a big bag of money and you go <gasps> and yeah but you might be better off saying no if you're going to stick true to who you are i love that I'm because the money will come the money will come <laughs> yeah i i think anything that i mean my dad was a vicar he never earned much at all he'd always go and they'd do raffles he'd always win prizes everything he lit i grew up in a massive like vicarage is like a millionaire's yeah. home <laughs> but but we didn't have any heating <laughs> but, like, but uh yeah i i don't know I, I think if you stick close to what is true and good which is hard to do with the world yeah. shouting at you the whole time so uh i think it's good that's to try really and, solid advice it, it's good I'm to try really and, and, and really appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> yeah you've got to let the the world kind of carry on it's kind of you're not going to change it all you can do what you can do and you can try but don't worry about it all don't take it all as your burden wow we should have had this conversation a year ago <laughs> no, maybe a year ago you weren't ready <laughs> yeah. very true very true yeah we I, i'm really quite shocked because i didn't know about like you know your background and your entry into music you know being like with the choir and you know like stuff like that with the songs that you know you create like it's fair to say like some of them are quite i don't even know how you would even label them because you've got like your house vibes in there you've got you know these incredibly like melancholy kind of like ibiza house vibes and it's just and next thing you know you've got like someone yodeling like yeah. where does like is it just something like so an idea that pops into your head and then you're just like do you know what that's, that'll make a good song. I'm going with that. But music is, all, all it is, is sound changing in pitch and yeah. texture. That's all it is. I mean, techno on one side, they're, they're like, it's purely about sound and, and yeah. rhythm. And then, but you can listen to a bird singing. And actually, if you slow a bird song down, 
it's really intricate and so many notes and lots going on. It's just an imprint. It's a language. Like yeah. when we talk with words, it's just a language. And music is just this is it's only talking often. <laughs> and uh, that's uh, often when you hear, you know, kind of generic songs, they go, I went and did this and did, they're just talking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're not doing any, anything more. But I, I think probably with Basement, Basement Jacks, in my view, it was always to to bring in as many strains as possible because yeah. uh, the the idea of labeling anything is is just really small minded. It's kind of a I went and did a few years ago. I went and did um, I'd actually from doing live shows, I'd lost a couple of my top notes from um, yeah. singing "Where's Your Head At" and um, well, it's a, while it's screaming a it. <laughs> yeah, and um, so as a result. I couldn't sing Raindrops, which has a couple of high notes. Wow. And uh, so I phoned up this woman. She did some, her name's Jill Purse. She's an amazing woman. Uh, she's, uh, she's, well, she's, I don't know, she's nearly 70 or something now, or mid 60s or something. And uh, she's been studying the voice and sound healing for like, I don't know, 30, 40 years. Yeah. And has uh, explored all sides of, meditation, uh, spirituality, all sorts. Uh, so I saw about her, she was doing something called The Healing Voice. I gave her a call and I said, is there any chance I could come and have a private lesson? I want to get my two notes back. <laughs> and, uh, and she said, no, you, no, you can't, but you can come to one of my workshops. So I ended up going to one of the workshops yeah. and I learned to do throat singing um, and, and just kind of to explore more about the human voice. And since then, actually, for pro about eight or nine years, I've, I've been exploring sound healing and the nature of sound. And, um, wow. and, and the fact that actually, from her perspective, one of the best things we can do is sing with other people. So, um, so that's actually been a project I've been working on in the last year that I'm going to cool. release called Celestial Being. And one of the pieces is purely choir, only voices. So, uh, so when you say this about genres and style, it, what does it matter? Is kind of uh, what I was leading up to with that. <laughs> that there was an exercise that uh, they had, and and that what you had to do was, in a way, you label yourself. Say any of us say, yeah. "This is my story." I could say, "I'm Felix. I'm a pop star or pr music producer. Yeah. Uh, I'm a I'm a son. I'm I'm a Midlander." who lives in London, all these kind of ideas and you can put them out. That's, that's my story in the world. That's what I tell people who I am. Yeah. So part of the exercise is you, you get rid, they kind of, you pretend you have a cord and you cut it. So basically yeah. pop star, I'm not a pop star anymore. I'm not all these things and you get rid of them. And then you think, who am I? Which if you talk to Buddhists and Zen Buddhists, Often it's who am I is a, yeah. is a fundamental question. So it's quite a tough question to answer as well. Like Which really is why tough. it's a, a good question to sit with. My my missus, her dad, he's a, a Buddhist. And um, when I first met him, he said to me, um, he said he'd just done meditation and he sat there for four hours with the question, who am I? That That's his meditation. Wow. So it's kind of everyone has their different kind of way of kind of chilling yeah. out. Um, I love it. And it's something that because I went from being this kind of like manic, like, you know, what's next? Like, you know, what's happening this weekend, this and the other. And throughout this whole process of 
like the podcast stuff, like I've, you know, I've now adopted like breathing techniques, like grounding techniques. Like mm -hmm. this is really weird. Like I did an episode with someone from EastEnders a few weeks mm -hmm. ago and they were talking about, they do like this breathing technique. And she actually sent me over a, like a copy just to try it to like help me sleep. And mm -hmm. for the first time in probably about, probably about 10 years, I slept through my alarm and it was the first time I'd ever had a proper night's sleep, like completely un it, like uninterrupted. And Brilliant. I didn't realize those kind of things like existed. So yeah. it's about like really exploring and finding what works for you, especially when it comes to stuff like, you know, your, your mindset, mental health and kind of figuring out who the hell you are. It, it's so yeah. important. And it's like, no one can really say it's the wrong thing to do because if it works for you, like do it. Yeah. Exactly. And also that the, there's there are so many ways to kind of find that that kind of tranquil spot of kind of, you know, kind of if you're a writer, writers go into this zone. If you're creating music, if yeah. you're I mean, painting a room is very relaxing. It doesn't have to be you're sitting there trying to think nothing. Yeah. I, I, I think that idea is kind of not that helpful sometimes because thoughts come and go all the time yeah I, I like to think of it like i think in some book uh that they talk about a river running by and that your thoughts are the fishes in the river and you see one and you you let it flow by yeah you don't you don't stress about it you don't attach to it so so i think anything that that helps you do that is great which is i think for me i used to listen when i was a student i used to listen to deep there was a, a Mr. Fingers called Can You Feel It? So that's yeah. kind of Deep House from 1987 or something like that. But that's when I fell in love with Deep House because to me, it felt a bit like the music in church during a, a communion. Often I'd really like oh. the music then when people went to communion. It was very kind of deep and kind of centered. And I felt quite at peace and rested there. So probably I was in like a meditation zone. Yeah. And, um, but music yeah, has deep, that power to do that, though, doesn't it? Especially with yeah. like deep house and stuff, because you know, when once you take off the like the vocals and stuff away, well, deep house is mainly just music anyway. But yeah, it's like that kind of repetitive, low sounding, and it's just it's quite um, hypnotizing. I think is the yeah, word yeah, exactly. that I'm looking yeah, for yeah, yeah. for that. Yeah, I, lo yeah, I love exactly. how music does that, but. Yeah, well, with me and, and my love of Deep House, I used to go out and I used to go dancing. So I, I'd try and find a spot somewhere that was quite dark and uh, close my eyes. And I was I was into jazz dance, contemporary yeah. dance, any way you can dance, because dancing's like music. It doesn't matter yeah. what style you do, how you do it. It's expression. It's kind of finding your free expression and 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 letting it out. So. Yeah. Um, and with the music, that was always the case. That's why the label thing is, yeah, it was always trying to break labels because that a, a label is just a boundary. It's just a, a barrier to to a small mind. Yeah. So uh, I remember one of my, my previous girlfriends uh, from Essex, she used to say this phrase, which I didn't understand for ages. <laughs> it was like, she said, oh, I said, what are you looking at? And she said, I don't know, the label's dropped off. And, I, and I'd always find that a bit odd. Whereas now <laughs> I, I think that was so great, that phrase, yeah. because I'm not going to label it, say what it is, if it's good or bad, there's something happening. And uh, and I'm not going to judge it. I think 
kind of making assumptions or or presuming about situations yeah. that's where so much anger and problems in society happen oh especially you know, in this day and age like it is mm. it is brutal out there like i'm quite grateful that i'm from that generation that was just before like social media because mm. <laughs> nowadays it is it's like a bloody war it's like a battlefield out there like on social media it's yeah. it's just it it's good in terms of like connecting and you know especially over the past year with like helping people not feel so isolated but there's a real dark side of it that i just i just think it's a massive waste of time like yeah, yeah, why yeah. you've got to tear someone else down to make yourself feel good like i think you need therapy or something that's where you should be <laughs> directing yeah. your time i or or, or in it. a way maybe it's people having chance to do that maybe when they're in the playground originally they didn't have chance yeah. to really put others down <laughs> get beaten up learn the lessons maybe it's just kind of late catching on i i really hope everyone moves through it and and actually realizes that you know this it's, it's like any addiction it's being yeah. addicted to kind of my my story or my label that i put out there on the internet that that's stupid <laughs> in my, in my view. <laughs> yes <laughs> get it off your chest <laughs> yeah 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 you mentioned um, a minute ago about like a uh, tranquil space and going into, you know, where, you know, you, f you feel kind of comfortable. I'm going to fangirl a little bit more here, but mm -hmm. going to gigs, it, that's yeah. what that is for me, like live music and just being with so many other people who just for like that hour or so have got no worries whatsoever. They're just there to enjoy themselves and really take it in you were actually one of the first people who I ever went to see live in Birmingham, like as a kid. And your music has stuck with me until now. Like even like if I'm like doing a workout at home or, you know, I could be doing anything. There's guaranteed like your music is on quite a hefty amount of my playlists. I want to kind of talk about those songs because they are huge. Like, and I don't think that any two of them are actually the same. <laughs> so you've got songs like Where's Your Head At, Romeo, like personal favourite is Raindrops. Like I could listen to that on repeat and never get bored. Like going back to like Where's Your Head At, like especially in this day and age where we're having these kind of conversations of like mindset and mental health and, you know, it's quite a fitting song, especially to like to ask someone like Where Is Your Head At? What inspired mm -hmm. that? Like where did that come from? Well, I think that was, um, I mean, at, at the original lyrics were, were kind of more extreme for that song. It was, it was basically, well, probably um, being in and around Brixton late at night and seeing, I, I don't know, uh, me coming from the countryside originally, I had to kind of, you know, walk with a bit of swagger to, yeah. to kind of, I, I don't know, get some street-wiseness because I didn't <laughs> have any. <laughs> Um, and I, I think, well, at, at the time, I think I was always very intrigued by the the kind of crazy people, and um, and that song basically was about losing your mind and being yeah. like a lunatic out in the streets, <laughs> and uh, and well, also the the line which still which I still think about, which is um be, because uh, some people sing it we don't let the walls cave in on you. 
we can live on live on without you because a lot of people yeah. say we can't live on live on without you which in a way is kind of a nicer thing <laughs> and uh and i kind of like that but it's it's the fact is we can live on yeah. live on without you so <laughs> no we, we all realize that if, if that. we get ill if we get ill and um i don't know we're if you're working in an office and you go i've got all this stuff it's my main project i'm doing it and then you get ill and then it carries on and it happens and it's all it's all all right <laughs> and it, which can be you get tra quite trapped up in your ego like i'm so important in the world it's like we can live on without you yeah. you can disappear it doesn't matter that is yeah. nature it's kind of the seas Life crash down on. yeah rocks erode it's kind of like so you've got to get over that like of being needy and kind of grabbing uh well good luck the song is says you're so needy greedy actually yeah. good luck i kind of sang at myself attacking myself <laughs> uh from from another person's perspective uh, yeah. i think that was my girlfriend at the time i was kind of <laughs> to her head but uh but back to where's your head at uh, that was probably probably one of the moments i think with uh, the basement jack's career that i felt most kind of in tune and happy where uh, I, I don't know with what 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 had occurred, and that I was with my dad. So my dad was uh, he was going to a, a local military base, and he yeah. was doing a talk to soldiers who were going to Afghanistan and Iraq. And I said, "Can I come along?" And he said, "Yeah, just sit at the back." And uh, and then he started the session, and he put, "Where's your head at?" <laughs> and on the blackboard, and uh, which and I thought. And then they discussed where their head was at as regards of going to war and what it meant and uh, leaving their families behind. Uh, and, and I thought that was amazing. And I wow. felt what I'm doing is useful. It's kind of not just like yeah. complete nonsense. It, it has something real and some real depth. So, uh, so that was like a moment I kind of gave myself a pat on the back. <laughs> no, oh mate, well deserved because it, it is. And you know, I speak about it quite a lot on this podcast about how music has that power to, t you know, it pulls emotions, it takes you to that, it's a, an escape for people. And especially with yours, like I have very, very fond memories of summer, I think it was 2009. And I, I went, it was one of the first times we went to see you at a festival and it was wireless. You, you were headlining the Saturday and Kanye West was headlining on the Sunday. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was boiling hot. And it was just that whole kind of, it was like a sunset and like you were playing raindrops. And that to me is like a real happy place. And even like me and my friends now still talk about like that moment. I think even like the, the dancers had like big like wedding dresses on and like, and it just yeah, takes yeah. me back to that real happy place when things are a little bit manic and you know it does give me that escape so i'm gonna sit here and say i'm gonna say thank you because obviously well, that's a pleasure thank you for coming without that, to like everyone it, else yeah. <laughs> you made it happen otherwise it wouldn't have happened yeah i what, mean um... what thinking of that situation in in a way that the, the fact of being kind of looking at sound healing and energy i think it's really interesting when you think of a, a load of people together because yeah. actually there becomes this like resonant frequency. There's this kind of 
uh, I think, what do they call it? Anthropomorphic field or something, which is like wow. the, the energetic field. Um, and actually what I said about choir stuff earlier, when we sing the same thing with people together, our, if we keep doing that, our heartbeats align and we start beating yeah. the same, which is incredible. So um, wow. we're, we're really, we're actually starting to operate on the, the same frequency. Duh, and so if you think about that, <laughs> basically that is when you're finding harmony. And you know, the best thing in music is when it feels like everything is in harmony and everything is in balance. So that's kind of, for me as an artist, that's what yeah. it's trying to achieve, a truthful harmony and balance. And yes, with, with the live show, you do see chaos. And of course, because that yeah. is life. You, you can't just keep it in a box and keep it pretty. That You can do that, nah. but you'll go mad or become a serial yeah. killer. <laughs> that's <bo> <laughs> <laughs> so, um, advice yet again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write yeah. that one down as well. <laughs> so, so it's it's important to kind of, you know, that people talk about the shadow self or the kind of, you know, those parts that we, we don't want the world to see. Yeah. You have to have to try and, and accept who you are and bring those things and say, well, this is this is who I am, warts and all. And um yeah. And oh. another thing at that gig actually was uh that that was where uh, um what's the name? Prince Harry was a, a gorilla as well on that gig. What? Yeah. So uh, he, he'd introduced himself just before backstage. He, he was very keen what? to meet Dizzy Rascal. I think, I can't remember if Dizzy performed with us then or not, but um, yeah. So, uh, so I met him before and I said, um, and actually he was with a couple of people who were uh, a couple of, I don't know if they were friends or acquaintances who were being quite hooray Henry and, and uh, <laughs> uh, they, they, I don't know. I don't know why. All I said was hello to him, and and, yeah. and they they said to me, "Oh, you're not English, and uh, uh, are you um, are like, you Australian British, or British or, or um or Swedish or something?" And uh, I, I don't know. It was just quite an odd thing. Yeah. And um, they they were just. I don't know. I felt they were being like a bit superior with me somehow yeah. in some way I, for, for no reason. And respect to Prince Harry, because he turned to me and said, don't listen to those pricks. And and, uh, wow. and I thought, I, so I thought he was really kind and genuine like in that way. Yes, your highness. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was kind of like their book. You know? yeah. But uh, and anyway, so I, I said to him, well, if you're around and you want to become a gorilla, often people... We, we get people who dress up in the yeah. gorilla suits and come on and wear your hair out. It's good fun if you want to do it. I'm and not that, I forgot funny, but that was a very hot day. I was in shorts, so he must have been sweating. <laughs> in yeah, that yeah, scene. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I completely oh, forgot that, that I'd said that for him to do it. So when I got out on stage and and I was performing the song, uh, often with the gorillas, uh, they'd been briefed. Don't do kind of like on a stag do like yeah. silly like disco dancing like try and get into the part try, of the like try, there's, there's rules try and make it me. more of a performance <laughs> but but anyway with him obviously he came out and did the stag do thing <laughs> so i was like who's that gorilla so I, I flew across the stage and kind of knocked him down in some kind of rugby tackle and then i saw it on the side of the stage there was someone there with a with with a oh, no. headset and i thought oh you know it's him <laughs> you've yeah. just rugby tackled royalty <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so I, I did when i came off stage i apologized 
the, the wardrobe lady looked very thrilled because she was standing there in a little curtain behind some scaffolding with him <laughs> changing his trousers in front. But uh, yeah, what although it was a, a, little, a little bit embarrassing because when I said, oh, I'm really sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to. He said, I had the best time of my life. And, and oh. as I left, I did some kind of curtsy or something, <laughs> which uh, I didn't even like bow. I was doing this kind of, I thought, what am I doing? <laughs> I thought it was ridiculous. <laughs> but anyway. That's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> oh, I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's what I came for. <laughs> no, no, it, it is really nice though, because I have, like I said, like I have incredible memories, like, of that day and you know it's it's genuinely one of like the highlights we go to like festivals and stuff quite a lot and well obviously we did <laughs> and obviously they're, they're on the way again yeah but this is where I kind of wanted to lead to like what's obviously you're about to become a, a dad so obviously mm -hmm. congratulations but what is next like from a music point of view you mentioned about you know the, the stuff from that was which is very obviously soulful what's next in terms of basement jacks like can we expect to see you this summer maybe somewhere uh, i well we do have some dj gigs in i mean for live show at the moment that's been on hold for a couple of years yeah. just because uh probably we're a little bit lazy and uh it's dead <laughs> easy to to go and dj and um and and also probably we got to a point i i think well it was a couple of years ago I said I was keen to draw a line under the live show because yeah. it, in a, unless we had like a big hit single or anything, we weren't yeah. going to get the venues where we could show off. I didn't yeah. want to do a half-hearted live show that that pe people go, oh, it used to be really good. <laughs> they yeah. just kind of trimmed <laughs> it down and and um yeah, because I suppose for me, I choreographing, putting it together, I want to do something that would entertain me. Yeah. And, and kind of captivate me and I to be honest I find a lot of bands and performances really boring yeah. so it, it does there's not enough for me I mean I love yeah. jazz music that's kind of where I go Ronnie Scott's Jazz Club in London I'm, oh. I'm very happy there I like I like musicians really kind of playing the heart out I'm I'm kind of a and often probably without words I'm quite happy with that yeah. um but uh yeah so we'll we'll see You're we'll see what heart, happens yeah. Breaking my uh, there, heart. No, there, there will be there will be stuff, but um, I I think in a way also, it's being conscious of we're both older now, and um, yeah. so the songs aren't going to be the same as they were. Uh, it's going yeah, they're going to evolve. They have to evolve, yeah. unless you keep trying to do the same thing, which is not a good thing. Um, <laughs> so uh, so there will yeah, there will be some. So uh. Not sure at the moment. I mean, for me, becoming a dad, uh, I feel like I'm stepping into adulthood a bit late <laughs> down the line. But that's the I'll next put you, thing. I'll put you and... down as a maybe then. I'll put you down as a maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but we will be DJing at some festivals in the summer. And um, oh. and actually lockdown the last year, at last I got some time because I've wanted to write a musical for years. So I've actually wow. written a story and I'm now on draft four, so uh, I'm really thrilled. So I'm hoping to, yeah, 20, we're 21 now. So I'm hoping next autumn that that should be hitting the stage. So this is huge. So I mean, I, I said to Simon before, you know, I'd like to do that. And if that works, 
then you know after that maybe we could do a basement jacks musical and uh oh my and, uh, god yes yeah so 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 we'll see it's kind of but i want you ever to need do... a gorilla I'm, yeah. I'm free free as a bird now <laughs> yeah so <laughs> although actually uh, i i think told, uh, coldplay took the idea so now maybe oh, the gorillas yeah, no, is but like... they went cgi didn't they they did the whole I don't fancy know. bollocks I... bit with it no yeah but it's in a way if uh, sometimes it's good to innovate but not and when people are True. you know taking it and maybe it's better to move on and keep being original and and um uh yeah in different ways which is <laughs> Uh, which is why I, I yeah the last thing I, I've just done is like some choir music yeah which is like so uh so that will be so let that'll probably come out uh maybe in about a month month two months so that'll be celestial being which is a, a another moniker of mine and um and that's with the citizens of the world choir which is uh so that was started with the refugees and and friends and then the London Contemporary Voices. So I I did put something together for Peace Day last year. Yeah. I've always tried to do something for Peace Day, International Peace Day, which is the 21st of September. So I, I, I'd like to encourage everyone out there, please put that in the centre of your day on the 21st of September. And hopefully that'll be the first day of many to come. So that's, that's how you kind of build things. You start it, yeah. you create it, and then you keep doing it. It becomes habit. And then you you make it bigger, so it's like weight training or whatever. I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wrong audience for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I am completely blown away by this conversation. Like it has been genuinely. This is a real pinch me kind of. You know, whatever happens next is just a bonus for me with this podcast now because you are genuinely one of like a musical hero. So mm. to be able to sit here now with you and have these kind of conversations about how some of my favourite songs were created and the story behind it. I, I can't thank you enough for joining me for my first birthday waffle. Like, well, thank a, you. An absolute pleasure. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's yeah, it's, it's nice to chat to people <laughs> and to interact, particularly at this time. Uh, and we're all probably coming to value that a bit more, which is good. You know, hopefully people will reset and rethink and consider where we are moving forward. And uh, yeah, I think there'll be a mixture of both. There will be a bit of a kind of, I, I know I've seen kind of a bit of litter around and things like that, which to me speaks of rebellion, yeah. rebelliousness. It's like people, I don't care. So they're just, they're being selfish, uh, oh, which yeah, is, massively. yeah. So, but all these, you know, it's, it's going to have an effect. And also I'm lucky. I, I, I live with my missus. We both had COVID. She was in hospital over Christmas. Oh no! But um, but we're through it, and you know we're very fortunate, and others aren't so fortunate. But I think for people who've been by themselves this whole time, I think yeah. that must be very trying, you know. So um, so I, I'm sending good vibes to them, particularly out there. I love that, and I think to be fair, it's the perfect way to, to wrap it up. Just positive vibes i honestly cannot wait to see you like back on stage behind a dj deck whatever like whatever it takes but before all that best of luck with the baby 
And thank you to your wife for not having the baby. So I got this chance today. to have this chat. <laughs> yeah, today is the today. due date, but, uh, but but she doesn't seem to be coming out yet. So let, let's see what happens. So thank you <laughs> for that. It's a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me, and and the best of luck as you move into your second year, and uh and and enjoy it, and uh, don't worry too much because we're alive. Every breath is precious. So to quote another Basement Jack song. <laughs> uh. Thank you so much for joining me for my first ever birthday of the Waffle Shop podcast. I couldn't think of anyone better to have a waffle with than the legendary Felix Buxton from Basement Jacks. As always, thank you for your support. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and I'll see you soon. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You've been listening to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and even leave a review. It means the world to me. See you soon.